I'm Sonia Schaefer with Simply Charlotte Mason, and I want to introduce to you a wonderful tool that Charlotte Mason used to help her students see where everything fit in history. It's called a Book of Centuries. A Book of Centuries is basically a timeline in a book. Every two-page spread covers 100 years, a century. That's why it's called a Book of Centuries. So, you will need a notebook with every two-page spread labeled with one century, going in chronological order. Now, that means that the B.C. pages will count down and the A.D. pages will count up. Keep that in mind. You can download a free set of pages already labeled with the centuries on our website at simplycm.com B.O.C. for Book of Centuries. Simply print those pages, three-hole punch them, and put them in a binder, and you'll be all set to start using your own Book of Centuries. Back when I started homeschooling, I started with a timeline on the wall, and it soon took over my house. So when I heard about a Book of Centuries, I thought, brilliant, but I didn't understand just how brilliant it is until we started using it. Here's what you do. Each time you read about a person or an event, flip open your Book of Centuries to that page and enter that person's or that event's name. You can also jot down a few words to remind you why that name is significant. Now, after a little while, when you open the book to add someone new, you will also see the other people and events that you've already studied, and then you start to make connections. Oh, I didn't realize that Abraham Lincoln lived at the same time as Tchaikovsky. Or, Charlotte Mason lived when the Sherlock Holmes mysteries were first published. And don't restrict your Book of Centuries entries to just your formal history studies. You can enter artists that you cover in picture study, and musicians from music studies, enter poets and scientists and favorite authors. You can even enter favorite books that are set in a particular time period. That simple exercise of entering each one into your Book of Centuries will help pull together the wide variety of subjects that you are studying. But the best part is that you won't have to tell your student how to connect those dots or try to manipulate those connections. The Book of Centuries will help him make the connections for himself, his own discovery. And when the student makes those connections for himself, that's when it sticks. It's a brilliant method. There are several ways of leveling up or down as you use a Book of Centuries. An easy way to level down is to keep a family Book of Centuries. I usually recommend this if you have young students. Keep one book and make your entries all together. If your students want to add drawings or try to write a particular favorite name, that's fine. But until their handwriting and reading are well established, you can be the main person making the entries. That takes the pressure off the students. Plus, as they watch you make the entries, they can see how to use a Book of Centuries and get in the habit of making regular entries. Here's a tip with young students especially. When you start using a family Book of Centuries for the first time, open it up 
and enter your family members' birthdays in it. That will give your children a point of reference as they start entering other people who lived in the past. Now, when a student is ready, you can level up to giving him his own Book of Centuries to keep for himself. I like to wait until the student's handwriting and reading are well established. This is going to be a lifelong keepsake and a valuable tool for him to grow in self-education. So encourage him to make entries regularly that reflect what he's learning about. Another way to level up is to add more structure to your Book of Centuries. You start with blank pages, but as you level up, you can introduce some elements that add more organization and guidance for your older students. Those elements are included in this more deluxe version called My Book of Centuries. So when your student is ready for his or her own Book of Centuries, this version is a great choice. Let me show you the ways that you can level up in here. You can organize the people and events in each century by category. For example, here are the entries under Art, Music, and Prominent Men and Women, or Developments, Discoveries, and Inventions during the 20th century. You can also encourage your student to sketch artifacts from that century, either from a book or perhaps a museum visit. A place for a brief overview narrative of each century is another way to level up. And a century-at-a-glance table can add a lot to your Book of Centuries. In this table, each box stands for one year in that century. You can see that the 20th century starts with 1901. So simply count 1901, 1902, 03, 04, 05. And there's a handy tracking number over here to the right to help you find years quickly on that table. Just remember that BC tables will be the opposite because you'll be counting down through the years. With this table, you can enter key events and see how they relate to each other over the course of the hundred years. For example, here's World War I and here's World War II, with the stock market crash and Great Depression in between. You can also see that the owner of this Book of Centuries entered her birthday year on the chart, and that's great. This is an opportunity for your student to make personal connections with history and create a book that reflects her individual learning. And that's what a Book of Centuries is all about, making a personal relation with history and providing a place to record that individual relationship. Simply make entries as you read about various people or events. That's all you have to do. Your Book of Centuries will keep everything organized and help your student discover how history falls into place across the centuries. I'll leave links in the notes for both the free download of the basic Book of Centuries and the more advanced My Book of Centuries that I mentioned. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the video version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to any resources that I mentioned. By the way, 
Did you know that you can tell Siri or your Echo or Google device to play the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast? Give it a try. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.